On this episode of the Catholic Echo Podcast from the Diocese of Youngstown, we're talking about the Orthodox celebration of Christmas and Eastern Christianity with Bishop David Bonner, Father Michael Lilly, and Dr. Richard Matusi. Find more about this episode's topic, including articles from the Catholic Echo, at catholicecho.org slash podcast. And now, the host of the Catholic Echo Podcast, Father Jim Corda. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Echo Podcast. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is brought to you by the annual Dossison Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Cumulus Media Youngstown. With me now is Bishop David Bonner. Welcome back to our show. Thank you, Father Corda. It is so great to be here. You know, today our Orthodox brothers and sisters are celebrating Christmas, and so we want to give certainly a shout out to them as they celebrate the birth of our Savior. And it's wonderful that we can join with them in so many things, not only traditionally, but spiritually, sacramentally. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. I would just like the folks to know that in our second segment, we're going to be welcoming Father Michael Lilly, who is the pastor of Nativity of Christ Orthodox Church, who's going to talk a little bit more about Orthodox Church and celebration of Christmas. And then we're going to talk in the final segment with Dr. Rich Matusi, who is the catechist at Cardinal Mooney High School, but also works very closely with the St. John Chrysostom Society. And we'll kind of talk a little bit about that as well. Well, I want to, first of all, have you give a shout out to our Orthodox sisters and brothers as they celebrate Christmas. I'm so glad to hear you use that phrase, sisters and brothers, because indeed they are. We are all in this together. We're all creatures of God, and what a beautiful day this is for them, and we share in their joy the birth of our Lord as they commemorate that and go to their churches and gather around the table with their families. So a very blessed and Merry Christmas to all of our Orthodox brothers and sisters. We also want to let the folks that are with us know that you and I are not savants or understand fully the Orthodox Church. We understand the Roman Catholic Church, but yet we're going to celebrate today our Orthodox brothers and sisters, which we have shared for centuries, a common brotherhood and sisterhood. As a matter of fact, Vatican II, in the documents called the Orthodox community, are separated brethren. So there's a sense of of a loving relationship that we have with them, affirming their valid sacraments and also apostolic priesthood. The other marks of the church that we celebrate with them is one holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Let's talk about those four marks of the church. What does it mean, one holy, Catholic, and apostolic? Let's talk about each of those individually. One certainly points to unity. I go back to John 17 and Jesus' great priestly prayer that he prayed. The one thing he prayed for was that all may be one. And I feel a special attraction to those words. I made them my Episcopal motto, that all may be one. Holy is a sense of the sacred. It's it's a sense of wholeness. It's a sense of reverence. And, you know, we all, we know that the Second Vatican Council spoke eloquently about that universal call to holiness that we all share. We're all walking on that road toward Christ and toward heaven. Catholic, just that broad-minded sense that we're all in this together, that there's a, a wholeness there, shared sense. And apostolic, as Pope Francis says so beautifully in the joy of the gospel, we come 
so that we may go. We, in the spirit of the apostles, we go forth to the farthest corners of the world to preach the good news. One of the areas that we find a commonality with the Roman Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church is our celebration of the saints. We know that those people who have been to Vatican City and St. Peter's inside know that they have seen and witnessed the celebration of the Eastern and the Western Church around the chair of Peter. Uh, recall behind the actual Baldacchino at St. Peter's in the Vatican, there are four fathers of the church. We have Ambrose and Augustine celebrating the Western Church, and we have Athanasius and John Chrysostom celebrating the Eastern Church, and how those four fathers of the church really come together around the throne of Peter, and how important is it for us as people of faith to join other people of faith around our Lord, and especially as we celebrate this great feast of Christmas. Well, I think that's one of the real messages of Christmas. Jesus comes so that we truly might be one as brothers and sisters together. He comes to bring peace, glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. He is the embodiment, the incarnation of that peace. And so when we put our eyes and our hearts on him, great things can happen. And we can still celebrate our uniqueness, our individuality in our various faith traditions, but we can still be one because unity is not always uniformity. And I kind of like that you talk about that because I think when we talk about dialogue, when we talk about respect of other people's faith traditions, it's important for us to be open to understanding what it is they believe and not necessarily what we have as a difference, but what we have in common. We know with our Orthodox sisters and brothers that we celebrate the sacraments together. We celebrate Eucharist together. We know we also celebrate priesthood together. Let's talk about that succession of priesthood and uh, handing down the faith in the church and also the apostolic succession, which you certainly epitomize in your episcopacy. It's very humbling to be part of that succession, that apostolic succession. And it's humbling because, first of all, I never, ever expected this. Secondly, I have my own sense of unworthiness. But when we look at this over time, I think what it speaks to is the power of God's grace mm -hmm. and how God's grace is a sustaining grace. It's a uniting grace. It's an inviting grace. I mean, there's this grace of office that comes with being a bishop. I felt that as a pastor, but it's mm -hmm. so much more poignant as a bishop to feel and to know that grace of office. There'll be things that come from my mind, out of my lips, out of my mouth, and I'll listen to it and I'll say, that didn't come from me. Mm -hmm. It's the grace of office. So that's the common denominator over time is the power of grace and how that grace prevails. We would be remiss if we did not lift up Mary, the mother of God, the Theotokos. She is the God-bearer. We know that our friends and sisters and brothers in the Orthodox Church venerate the Blessed Mother. We certainly lift her up and honor her. What would you like to share with the folks that are with us about the position and the place of the Blessed Mother in our churches? Mary is always there with us and for us. One of the first things I learned as a young boy was devotion to the Blessed Mother from my mom. We had a garden in the backyard. My mom had so many rosaries 
And uh, it was evident to me, this, this Mary is very, very important. So Mary is with us. We can go and seek her intercession. We can also, we know that um, she's always there at the foot of our cross, just as she was at the foot of the cross of Jesus. And her words that she said, do whatever he tells you. Well, certainly, Bishop Bonner, we extend once again to our sisters and brothers in the Orthodox community our best wishes, merry, happy holidays as they celebrate the birth of our Savior, and we thank them for their unity with us as we celebrate God's presence in our midst. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Hello, I'm Bishop Dave Bonner of the Diocese of Youngstown. Christmas is a blessed time to remember the miraculous gift of God's love in Jesus, the newborn King. We recall the angel's message announced over 2,000 years ago. Today, in the city of David is born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. As we celebrate his birth, may his gifts of love and peace be born again in our hearts and homes this Christmas season. Please join Catholic Charities by helping to support the Warm Hearts for Warm Homes campaign, formerly known as Keep the Kids Warm. The Warm Heart for Warm Homes campaign helps to provide direct utility assistance to families with children, working poor adults, and older adults on fixed incomes. Last year, Catholic Charities agencies impacted thousands of people through utility assistance efforts. Unfortunately, this year, the need for heat and utility assistance continues to rise. Catholic Charities is asking for your help to make Warm Hearts for Warm Homes a success by giving to your local parish online at www.ccdoy.org or by calling Catholic Charities at 330-744-8451. Joining me is Father Michael Lilly, who is the pastor of Nativity of Christ Orthodox Church here in Youngstown. Father, it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, Father Porter. You know, for the folks that are with us that might not know you, perhaps in just a brief minute or two, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I, yes, I am a, a priest uh, in the Orthodox Church in the, the Russian tradition under the Moscow Patriarchate, as many of you may know, Orthodox priests are married. So I, I have mm -hmm. a wife, five children that keeps me quite busy. Sure. Served in the uh, Air Force as a, a reserve chaplain for a bit over a decade, part-time ministry there. Was filled with some very wonderful uh, moments, mm -hmm. but also trying at times sure. as well as to try in ministry. Mm -hmm. I've lived here in the Youngstown area for seven and a half years and served at the parish for that long. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm starting to become more native to Northeast Ohio, but mm -hmm. I grew up in Arizona, made a lot of different paths to get to this town and to this ministry here. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for your mm -hmm. service. Thank you for your ministry. We get to know a little bit more about you by our conversation today, and especially as we celebrate Orthodox Christmas, which is different for other Christian traditions who celebrate it on December 25th. But talk about the celebration and using the Julian calendar as we celebrate it today with you. So the Julian calendar, some of us would call the old calendar in the Orthodox Church. The first thing we have to understand is that when we say we celebrate on January 7th, we're in fact celebrating it on December 25th. This was right. the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. 
It's just that how we reckon that date, either a civil calendar or which civil calendar we're using. So Mm -hmm. obviously here in America, most people are using the Gregorian calendar. Mm -hmm. The Orthodox Church, the vast majority of it, not all of them, by the way, Mm -hmm. but the vast majority do celebrate on the old calendar, Julian calendar, which reckons December 25th on January 7th. Mm -hmm. So that is a, you know, it's a, it's a point of nice discussion a lot with people who are not, you know, Mm -hmm. familiar with that here in America Mm -hmm. and Western Europe as the church has gone all throughout the world. Well, we know that the celebration of Christmas Mm -hmm. is extremely similar in most Christian traditions. Are there any traditions in the Orthodox community that you celebrate that's peculiar just to the Orthodox faith? Well, we're still celebrating the incarnation of Christ. That's the main focus. And so what's, uh, I think what's unique about our Orthodox tradition is that you'll see that the liturgical cycle it really much follows the same way for nativity as we would do for, say, Theophany or the Feast of the Epiphany right. or, or for Pascha or Easter. Mm-hmm. And we have the, all our liturgical service kind of resemble each other in this. Mm-hmm. So it's the birth of Christ. It's very triumphant. It's a very mm-hmm. joyful time in the moment of, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, a dark, bleakful, cold weather uh, mm-hmm. season. Let's talk about the Blessed Mother in relationship to Christmas, because for us as Christians, she's has a, an eminent role for us. Talk about her role within the Orthodox community. The Blessed Mother, as we would call her, the Theotokos, mm-hmm. the, the birth giver of God, mm-hmm. holds the most highest esteemed position in the church as a human yeah. being could ever have. She was the vessel that was worthy to contain God himself. And mm-hmm. so we, we hold her in high regard. We constantly asking for her intercessions before her son. You know, we believe that, you know, our faith starts with an empty womb, mm-hmm. ends with an empty tomb, mm-hmm. you know, a virgin womb, empty tomb. And so mm-hmm. without her, you know, we wouldn't have the Messiah. We wouldn't have Christianity. So she's mm-hmm. of utmost importance. We have miracle working icons of her throughout mm-hmm. the world that stream myrrh and tell us the, the faithful that God is here present with us mm-hmm. and that his mother is hearing our prayers and, mm-hmm. and that he's merciful and, and loving to, to his, his, his children. One of the terms that I know that's used in the Orthodox Church and also in the Byzantine Catholic community is divine liturgy. Mm -hmm. So you celebrate the divine liturgy. We would celebrate the Mass. It's basically one and the same thing. Talk about that phrase, the the divine liturgy. The divine liturgy is God's work. Mm. Oftentimes, I think there's a misnomer that we Mm -hmm. say it's the work of the people, that we gather, the people gather, and they pray, and certainly they do. But it is God's work. And, and in fact, in our services, the deacon, before the liturgy begins, it says, it is time for the Lord to act and receives a blessing from the main celebrant and goes out and begins the liturgy, the petitions. And so the service is God's gift to us. In fact, it's why I'm a priest today, that the liturgy is so majestic and so holy. And and that's what called me to the priesthood, really, Mm -hmm. so that I can be a part of that on a a very intense level Mm -hmm. and offer that to the people. So we're concelebrants with the Lord as priests. Mm -hmm. He's our high priest, but we're concelebrants, and it's a gift that God is doing. We offer, of course, our the bread and the wine, and he gives it back to us, Mm -hmm. you know, in his body and blood. Yes, the the liturgy is... Like the Mass. So you'll see if you go to a Catholic Mass mm-hmm. and an Orthodox Divine Liturgy, there's some rudimentary elements exactly. that you're going to recognize. 
The service that we primarily have is the St. John Chrysostom Liturgy. Mm -hmm. He uh, is known to have authored it at this point. Some things have changed over time. Mm -hmm. Same thing as St. We use St. Basil, the Greats Liturgy, mm -hmm. All both saints of both of our churches. Yeah. And so we have this timeless gift that's been given to us that we've cherished and we've mm -hmm. held on to. And so the liturgy speaks to us just like it spoke to people back in the fourth century mm -hmm. of our church. Let's talk a little bit about St. John Chrysostom. We know that his name means golden tongue or golden mouth. No, right. So he was known for his preaching. How is he significant for you, not only in the Orthodox community and in the Catholic community, but for you personally? It is really hard to not give him credit as a priest, credit mm -hmm. for like our understanding of scripture. Because when we, on a weekly basis, when I sit down and I want to prepare a message for the congregation, mm -hmm. it's really probably, I say 80% of the time, we're going through and we're reading the scriptures and we're getting commentaries, as you mm -hmm. probably do as mm -hmm. well, Father. Mm -hmm. And those are mainly coming from St. John Chrysostom because he's got such a vast sure. collection of what he wrote. Mm -hmm. And so what we receive from St. John Chrysostom, and he, he himself would have, I think he would say that he personally, he had, it was like Paul preaching to him in his ear when he prepared his sermons, he says, mm -hmm. he's given that experience to us. And this is really what our faith is experiential, right? right. So he's given us this experience of his mm -hmm. closeness to Christ that maybe you and I don't have. And so we rely upon his testimony and his words. This is what the scriptures mean. I don't have to worry about my own interpretation right. and my own fanciful thoughts. Mm -hmm. I can just go to somebody who had a very close experience with, with Christ. And it's a connection yes. that we have with the saints in the past yes. and connecting us to God. Indeed. Well, Father Michael Lilly, pastor of Nativity of Christ Orthodox Church in Youngstown, we appreciate your presence on our show today. We wish you and your community a very blessed Christmas. We ask the Lord to open your hearts as he opens our hearts and shower many gifts upon all of us this day. And as we say in our tradition, Christ is born, glorify him. God bless you. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Wondering what happened to timely Catholic news in the Diocese of Youngstown? It's at catholicecho.org. There you'll find recent stories about Catholic life in all six counties of the Diocese of Youngstown, plus recent videos, podcasts, and even national and global news. You'll find it all at catholicecho.org under the News tab. Sign up for the email newsletter while you're there to have Catholic news delivered to your inbox. Hello, I'm Bishop Dave Bonner of the Diocese of Youngstown. Christmas is a blessed time to remember the miraculous gift of God's love in Jesus, the newborn King. We recall the angel's message announced over 2,000 years ago, today, in the city of David is born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. As we celebrate his birth, may his gifts of love and peace be born again in our hearts and homes this Christmas season. Please join Catholic Charities by helping to support the Warm Hearts for Warm Homes campaign, formerly known as Keep the Kids Warm. The Warm Heart for Warm Homes campaign helps to provide direct utility assistance to families with children, working poor adults, and older adults on fixed incomes. Last year, Catholic Charities agencies impacted thousands of people through utility assistance efforts. Unfortunately, this year, the need for heat and utility assistance continues to rise. Catholic Charities is asking for your help to make Warm Hearts for Warm Homes a success. 
by giving to your local parish online at www.ccdoy.org or by calling Catholic Charities at 330-744-8451. If you have a story idea for the Catholic Echo magazine, podcast, or website, send an email to catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. We'd love to hear your ideas. Welcome back to our show. Joining me is Dr. Rich Matusi, who is a teacher at Cardinal Mooney High School. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Father, for having me. We're going to spend some of our time primarily talking about the St. John Chrysostom Society, which is uh, an operation that enables dialogue between the Orthodox and Christian communities. You would be better served to tell us more about that since you serve on that committee. Tell us a little bit about the history of it and how it started. Well, basically, the Society of St. John Chrysostom started in the early part of the 20th century in England and made its way over to the United States. And in 1998, we established a national chapter over in Fairfax, Virginia, with Mr. Jack Fiegel, who's a Ruthenian Byzantine Catholic. Our local Youngstown Warren chapter was officially formalized and established in 1999 with Mr. Vito Carchetti as our president. Prior to that, Father Daniel Rohan and I met in the National Guard back in the early 90s, and we started an unofficial dialogue that led into the founding, the co-founding between us of the local Society of St. John Chrysostom. And what would be some of the goals of St. John Chrysostom Society? What exactly do you try to do for those that are part of the group? Our listeners would probably be interested that they would always be invited to these events that are sponsored by the various churches in the Mahoning Valley. What we do is we meet in the particular church building, mm-hmm. the place of worship of the host parish, and usually the host pastor greets us, and we pray in the tradition of that church, whether it's mm-hmm. Eastern Orthodox, Eastern Catholic, or Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm or Coptic Orthodox. We have some religious sisters, nuns, Mm -hmm. in the Warren area. Then Mm -hmm. hospitality is always extended to us, and a great variety of ethnic foods we're blessed to have. You know, we're so grateful that these churches open their doors to us, and we have guest speakers, either the host pastor or someone else would give a talk. Then afterwards, we would have questions and answers, and more hospitality. So Mm -hmm. a lot of Warm friendships have grown over the years in this dialoguing together. Let's talk just briefly about St. John Chrysostom himself. His name, Chrysostom, I think means golden mouth or golden tongue, and he was known for his preaching. He was known for his preaching orthodoxy, really. Why is it important to lift him up in this society? He had a very unique experience as coming from the city of Antioch, in the ancient you know, Roman Empire as it was Christianized, and he was elevated to become the patriarch of Constantinople, and he spoke boldly 
about the gospel of Jesus Christ in the various situations of his day. And we try to take that charism with some charity to speak to each other boldly. And after almost 25 years as a society, we realize that there are very serious issues, but we mm-hmm. could still come together as friends and be intellectually honest and lay everything on the table as we are sharing in a meal, praying together, and at times theologizing. How important is it for us as Roman Catholics to be involved in ecumenical relations? Father James, this goes back to the Second Vatican Council. Mm -hmm. We had a document on ecumenism, Mm -hmm. and we were to reach out to our separated brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. in Christ. And our Eastern brothers and sisters in Christ are very much like us, but sometimes they use different words, and it could be confusing. Mm -hmm. For instance, we talk about seven sacraments. They will talk about seven mysteries. We mean the very same reality here Mm -hmm. of the mysteries of the sacraments of Jesus Christ. So we learn each other's language. It's a better understanding of the other in this dialogue and walking together hopefully someday to a greater sense of unity in actual church unity. In your experience with young people for many years in the Catholic school system, is there an opportunity for them to learn more about ecumenism and interfaith activity? Several years ago, before the pandemic, we brought young people from Cardinal Mooney High School down to St. Nick's Greek Orthodox Church And some of the young people were Catholic, some of them were Orthodox, some belonged to other churches. And we allowed them to, you know, study a little bit, and we prepared Mm -hmm. them and have a discussion about ecumenical relations. Mm -hmm. And they began to see that, you know, what we have in common, what is similar, and what is different. Mm -hmm. And just coming to the table and having a nice discussion without debating was a healthy experience for them. And we were very grateful that the young people responded to that. In my experience of ecumenism and interfaith relations and activity, what I found to be beneficial is for us to focus on those things that unite us instead of divide us, because there are many things that that even are part of faith that really unite us. There are things that are in the social realm, like we both reach out to the poor and the needy, So why is it important for us to respect one another's traditions, but also to celebrate our commonalities? I could respond to that. I would think of Catholics go to Mass, and the Orthodox celebrate the same reality, the liturgy. And taking in the Word of God in Holy Communion, we are called to go out and minister to the needy and the poor in our families and in the greater part of society. So I think both Orthodox and Catholics take that seriously, that they do that if they're hearing the gospel message. That's the same gospel. It's the same Jesus. It's the same Eucharist. It's one mass or one liturgy in a different cultural expression. Mm -hmm. So we try to live our faith to the best we can. And, of course, when we need God's forgiveness, we ask for mercy. What would you like to let the folks know that are with us that would like more information on the St. John Chrysostom Society? Do you have a website anywhere they can go for more information? I would strongly suggest go on Google 
and just Google the Society of St. John Chrysostom, Youngstown Warren chapter. And we have a brand new website. It's being developed as we speak. And there's a lot of information on there about past programs that were videoed and uh, previous interviews that we had with Mm -hmm. you, Father James. Mm -hmm. You know, go there. That's our best source of information. Also, we have a Facebook page. Dr. Rich Matusi, I appreciate your presence on our show today. And for the folks that are with us, we want to extend our best wishes and greetings to our sisters and brothers of the Orthodox faith as they celebrate Christmas today. And for more information, go to catholicecho.org. The Catholic Echo Podcast is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown in cooperation with Cumulus Media Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Have a blessed day, and may God be with you.